welcome to the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast with co-founders and hosts, Tracy Callahan and Deborah Doak. Each week, we tackle another tough topic to help professional divorce coaches maximize client impact and cultivate thriving practices. We also want to spread the word about the expertise and value that certified divorce coaches bring to the table. At DCA, we are committed to ongoing learning and we value generosity among divorce coaching professionals. We believe that when one succeeds, we all succeed. Welcome back to Divorce Coaches Academy podcast. I am Tracy and I'm here with Deborah. And Deborah, I just wanted to check with you. Do you have your superhero cape on today? You know, I left it downstairs in my closet today, Tracy. Okay. So it's nicely packed away for today, but this is something that we hear all the time. Coaches getting lost in this ideology of the superhero syndrome, right? So today we want to talk about why giving the answer isn't the answer. It's just not, it's just not. So we know, right? Our clients show up with a multitude of problems, questions, difficult dilemmas. And the truth is, we are tempted to offer a solution or an answer because it's faster, easier, and it eliminates our client's distress. Right? That's, I get that. Yeah, we get it. Understood. Understood. Today, we want to talk about that urge to tell clients what to do. And again, or what we call that superhero syndrome. So as helping professionals, I get it. We came into this field and this practice, excuse me, to support people, to help people navigate this difficult process of divorce. Our clients are often struggling and they definitely are hurting, right? They're in pain and we don't want to see them make mistakes or poor decisions that could result in even more financial or emotional fallout. We understand in that moment, though, that it feels like the right thing to do is to put on that superhero cape and rush in to save the day. I'm here to save you. And while that might provide your client with some short term satisfaction, when all is said and done, they're left without any new skills or insights to handle future situations or decisions. Mm -hmm. There they are. Still where they started, you know? Exactly. And what makes, we know, what makes coaching different than just having a conversation with a friend, giving advice, or lending an ear, listening to someone vent, is that it is an intentional conversation, intentional conversation, where our objective is to help that client self-discover and take action to accomplish their goals. Yeah. Right? So one of the most difficult things to navigate as a divorce coach is that, you know, we see that road ahead. We're like, "Uh uh-oh. Uh-oh, danger, danger, danger. danger. (laughs) We, We see that lane closure ahead, right? We have the knowledge and the insight that the client doesn't have, and we desperately want to help them avoid mistakes and problems. We all feel that temptation and that urge. It's so tempting. 
to want to put on that superhero cape and rush to the rescue. Yeah. Right. To run into the phone booth like Clark Kent, change clothes and go out and save the day. But it's not effective. And that's because that, first of all, that's not what coaching is. No, that absolutely is not what coaching is. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, we can't affect transformation by telling. The client has to be responsible for their own transformation. We're just the facilitators, right? Facilitators. 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 Yes. We can't do it for them. We can't force it upon them. And we can't want it for them more than they want it for themselves. Exactly. Exactly. So so imagine going to a doctor and hearing, wow, you're incredibly overweight and your cholesterol is sky high. You're going to die if you don't go on this diet. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I mean, maybe that could happen to me. I don't know. Then they hand you a pamphlet and just leave. I don't know about you, but I would not receive that message very well. No, ma'am. No, 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 ma'am. No, nor would it really help me understand how I got there or inspire me to make any changes. So the same is true for coaching. We can't just pull out a sledgehammer when we hear something, hit clients over the head with it and expect transformation. And that's what happens when Mm -hmm. we go into tell mode. Exactly. Exactly. So we want to work with our clients to help them self-identify those beliefs, behaviors, and thought patterns that led to their weight gain, led to their cholesterol being high, that are obstacles to their growth. Right. For moving forward. For moving forward, right, to accomplishing their goals, whatever those goals are, right? Yeah, not to die in that situation in the doctor. Right, in in divorce, it might be a civil co-parenting relationship. It might be financial stability. It might be all kinds of things. But the fact is that working with the client to do this requires finesse. It requires skill. And it requires a crap ton of restraint. Yeah. So much restraint. We have to be edited and restrained in our approach, right? In the work that we're doing. And that's where our impact as coaches is so, so, so crucial to the successful outcome for our clients, right? Mm -hmm. It is our clients who are getting there. It is their desired outcome, right? But- we and how we engage in that process with them, how we're facilitating their self-discovery versus taking their power away from them and doing it for them is all about restraint, skill, and our ability to take a step back and understand why. I think you started at the beginning, Deb, intention, intention, intention. Right. So, So we are working with clients for a finite period of time. We're essentially running kind of a catch and release program, right? None of us, we're, divorce coaching is very, very different than some of the life coaching models. And that's when we really kind of fall back on our definition of divorce coaching, which is grounded in ADR. Our work is to support clients in that desired 
outcome, develop the skills, get the information so they can be engaged decision makers in this process so that they can then move forward independently, right? I don't want clients for an unending period of time. Our goal is to support them in them getting what they need to accomplish their goals. So if all we did is give clients answers and tell them what to do, then we essentially release them back into their post-divorce life with the same, same limiting beliefs, ineffective communication skills, and unproductive conflict resolution strategies that may have got them here. Right. Right. And, and what do we know? We know that the divorce rate for second marriages is higher than first. Mm-hmm. And the divorce rate for third marriages is even higher than second marriages. Yeah. So we don't, do, <laughs> we don't do our clients any service if we release them back with their suitcase still full of the same baggage and no improved skills. Yeah. And, and then when they're faced with the next big decision or the next big conflict or the next big dilemma, they're still not equipped to handle it. So giving the answer isn't the answer. Yeah. The best solution for our clients and our job is to help them develop skills to make their own decisions and take their own next best action steps. And we have four tools to do that. So let's talk through these four tools. And guys, none of these are going to sound new to you. Yeah. We just want to reinforce that you have the tools you don't need to tell. You don't need to tell. You don't need to tell. You have the skills. They are active and reflective listening, powerful questioning, reality testing, and impact assessment. Right? So let's start with active and reflective listening. How does this benefit the client so that they're doing some self-discovery? Yeah. Having the opportunity for a client to be heard, right? To be able to have some sense of reflection back on them of the words they're saying, both spoken and unspoken, okay? The communication that they're sharing. As coaches, we are engaging in a highly, highly efficient process of actively listening beyond those words, right? Not overstepping things when we hear them that the client might not even recognize they said or recognize how they said it or the underlying feelings that are associated with that, right? Because that's the top level. What clients are speaking, it is our job to hear beyond that, right? Right. We are starting that process with that finely tuned skill of active listening. And if you've ever watched a conflict, observed it from the outside, have you ever seen people get louder and louder and louder and more insistent? And what what you're, what you're, I know, right? (laughs) But if you watch it, what they're really saying when they get louder and louder is I don't feel heard. Yep. I am not being heard. And it's, it's not just when they're louder and louder and louder, they're repeating the same thing in different ways. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So somebody listen to me. Somebody somebody listen to me. 
Somebody hear me. Hear me. So listening is the first part of coaching and it's the first part of conflict resolution. So we're modeling for them what that looks like too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that 69% of conflicts are the same conflict over and over and over again? Yeah. 69%. That is like crazy, right? So if you think about that, that starts in that active listening piece, right? Because why are people repeating the repeating. conflict over and over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. So part of that starts with that active listening, supporting clients and being heard. Being heard. And then reflecting back things that we picked up on, we call those our Jedi mind tricks or our ninja listening skills. They don't even realize they said it. Yeah. And we can reflect back. So what I'm hearing is, and they're like, oh, okay. So we picked up on a limiting belief, an obstacle as something that they didn't even realize. Yeah. So that starts then us down the path of powerful questioning. Yeah. Right. Which is that next level of insight, that next level of self-discovery. And you all know what those powerful questions are, who, Mm. what, and why are at the top of the pyramid. Yes. Those open-ended questions that elicit space and room for ongoing self-discovery for the client, right? So one of the things that we talk about in Powerful Questioning all the time is who the hell are you asking that question for? If you're asking the question for your own edification, then it is not the right question. Tracy, have you seen an attorney yet? (laughs) No. (laughs) Who's that question for? Yeah. How how are your, how old are your kids? Yeah. Three and four. Have you talked to your spouse about this? No. (laughs) None of those questions. Those (laughs) questions are for me. Those are questions for you. They elicit no data gathering. They're data gathering and we don't need data. We just don't. We just don't. Right. So that powerful questioning. So first starting, I like to equivocate this to like standing in front of the mirror, right? When we all get dressed to go out, I don't know about you guys, but I do. I look at myself in the mirror before I go out. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I stand in front of the mirror, standing in front of the mirror. I have a chance to look at myself, right? Oh, you know, those jeans make my butt look big, right? I don't know if I want to do that. And then I will go through a process in self-reflection and ask myself questions, okay? Mm -hmm. So for all intents and purposes in this beginning process of what we're doing in that self-discovery is not necessarily holding a mirror up to the client, but being that mirror for that client. Exactly. Serving in that role to be able to help them see and hear and explore Mm -hmm. in a safe, safe space. Safe space. So powerful questioning is where we do a lot of work around often the assumption iceberg. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about this before, but again, the assumption iceberg is based on the idea that I judge Tracy based on her behavior. And then I make assumptions about her motives, but I judge myself based on my intentions. Always pure. Always. And so what happens, and (laughs) let me give you the most common scenario. And I'm sure you've all heard this before. My partner is asking for more parenting time only because they want to pay less child support. Okay. That is jumping on the very peak of the assumption iceberg right away. So when you hear something like that, 
the powerful questioning helps us dig into where does that belief come from? Is that based on feeling something subjective? Is that based on fact, something objective? Because what happens when clients make those assumptions, they get treated as fact. And then it moves into judgment. And then they're making decisions and taking actions based on that assumption as if it were true. So their beliefs are initiating an action, entrenching them in position. Exactly. And when we know when clients get stuck in position, right, it's very, very challenging. So here we're again using some reality testing, right? Is, Is that assumption, is that belief based on objective versus subjective? Is it responsive versus reactive? Is it interest-based versus positional, right? We can go through a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Is it based on an expanded perspective versus a limited perspective? Right. Love this amazing work that we can. That we do, right? (laughs) I can never qualify to refinance the house. Is that true? We can explore that. Yeah. That's an assumption. What information do you have? Again, right? Exploration, not asking questions and reality testing based on our own need, but rather right. reflective of where the client is and what the client needs. Right. So in that case, telling would be, well, did you, you, you know, your child support can qualify you for a mortgage. Yeah. No. What information do you need? What exploration have you done so far? Tell me more about how you came to that conclusion. Those are powerful questions that help the client figure out how to do this themselves. Or you need to talk to a, you know, certified divorce mortgage lender right now, or you need to go to your bank and explore refinance options. Right. Yeah. So you could go back and listen to our podcast on curse words and coaching. I think you should, I believe those are. Those are automatic um, red flags that you're telling. Yeah. And and again, for many people, they believe telling is helping. Yes. Yeah. So we talked last week about selling is helping. Selling is helping. Telling is not helping. Telling is not helping. Yeah. So active and reflective listening, powerful questioning, reality testing, and then impact assessment. Talk us through that (laughs) impact assessment, right? So one of the things that we're doing as we're looking at this process of supporting clients in generating their action, their options, right? Exploring what are they going to do? What action steps can they take to get them closer to their desired outcome without us telling you need to do this, right? Mm -hmm. We just supported them through this whole thing. We're literally walking through them the next step and supporting and helping them assess options, right? What are those next steps? What are those action steps that they're willing to take? Impact assessment is so extremely important here, right? What does that look like for them? Is it aligned with their values? Is it is aligned with their strengths. Is it aligned with their behavior? Is it consistent to their desired outcome? Right. If I make that decision, if I engage in that decision-making process, what does that look like? And we can support clients in in exploring all of those impacts to be able to assess those options, those next steps that they're taking for themselves. Right. 
And, you know, the truth is using those tools and allowing the client to identify their own, I'll call it BS, do their own self-discovery, identify their own, you know, the obstacles and belief systems and, and repetitive conflict patterns and things that might be in their way. It takes so much longer than just giving them the answer. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so tempting for us to rush ahead because we could, we would be like, okay, we can solve this problem and get on to the next one instead of spending an entire session on this one issue. So yeah. I get it. I get it too. <laughs> I get it. But and clarity, have- right. But that clarity comes when people have their own insight. Yes. And that transformation for them occurs when they take responsibility for their own action steps. Right. So let's go back to talking about the doctor. Right. I am not likely to lose weight because somebody tells me so and they hand me a pamphlet. I'm likely to do it because I've discovered the reason why I want to do it for myself. Yeah. When I discover my own why, my own reasons, what's gotten in my way of doing it so far, then. I'm likely to have some transformation, some changes in my thought process. And that's the gift we can give to clients. Yeah, right. right. We often talk about this uh, process like an archaeological dig, right? Scientists don't bring a bulldozer to a site and start removing huge chunks of earth. They sift slowly examining every spoonful, anticipating that it might contain a treasure, right? Or at least clues. Yeah, clues. They use each discovery to guide where the next dig will be, working layer by layer, then thoroughly exploring the area. It can be an excruciating slow process, but tremendously rewarding work. Rewarding work. Remember, we're running a catch and release program, right? This, we, we realize this work with your clients takes discipline and we all have to fight that urge to just tell or hand our clients the solution. But remember, I don't change my diet because my doctor tells me I should. I do it because I figured it out for myself. And that is what's going to serve me as I face decisions and challenges in the future. We say it all the time. Trust your client. Trust they have the answers. It's your job to help them find it. So we know you have a superhero cape. Yes, we do. We know. We know. <laughs> you you have your name embroidered on it. You've earned it. You've earned it. Right. You had your own experience. You've been doing this for years. You know the answer. You know the solution. You've made the mistakes yourself and you know how to avoid them. Okay. You have the superhero cape. We're asking you to leave it in the closet, even though it's pretty, even though it's effective or it works temporarily. Let give your client the time and space to do it because giving them the answer isn't the answer. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us. We hope you found this helpful to have a reminder that the superhero cape isn't the answer. And we hope you'll join us again next week for another topic to help you change clients' lives and run an effective practice.
Build your practice. Build your practice. (laughs) All right. See you then. Thanks for joining us for the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. It helps other divorce professionals find us and add to the conversation. And don't forget to follow us on social media to be the first to know when we add new classes and events. We'll be back next week with another topic to help you maximize client impact, create a thriving business, and promote the value of professional divorce coaching.